I'm your host, Matt Bergman, and welcome to From the Hawk's Nest. Today, my guest is Georges Phillips, a 1998 graduate of Quincy University. She spent her career working for some of the best Fortune 500 companies and is currently the Vice President of Field Human Resources for Coles Corporation. As the head of HR for field operations, Georges supports over 80,000 associates across almost 1,200 stores. In today's episode, we're going to talk about her time at QU and about her journey to becoming a successful human resources executive. So, Georges, thank you so much for joining us. Matt, it's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me to the show. Well, let's start back at the beginning and... Uh, probably feels like a long time ago, but why did you choose to come to QU? I came to Quincy University as a, a young and ambitious student looking for a great education on a basketball scholarship. And prior to being a student at QU, I'd actually attended and graduated from Odessa Junior College in Odessa, Texas, where I had also received a basketball scholarship. But so out of all of the universities, you know, I was considering, I ultimately chose QU because when I researched the school, I felt like the values QU embodied were very closely aligned to my core values, Matt. And there were a couple of things that stood out to me to help me finalize my decision. And I'll share those. Number one is being rooted in Christian values. That really resonated with me and helping students to develop a clear vision for life and then, of course, helping them to actualize their own potential. And those things were really important to me. And when you're a college student, you're focused on graduating, figuring out what's next. And the fact that those things were priorities for QU, those were key factors in, in my decision. Uh, and you were a marketing major when you were here. Why don't you tell us about a favorite class or maybe a favorite professor you had during your time here? Yes, my absolute favorite class at QU was called Marketing, Management, and Business Ethics with Professor Brenda Duckworth, who also happens to be my favorite professor as well. So and I was so stoked about taking that class, Matt, this, this class, because it was one of my first core marketing classes. But what really made that class come to life for me was truly Professor Duckworth. I felt like as a student, she was so knowledgeable about marketing and had such great depth and breadth of expertise. She was very engaged with the students. And she had this really fascinating and effective teaching style that created a connection with each student for content mastery. It was like she taught it in such a practical way that when she taught it, you just got it. So one of the things that I'm really grateful to Professor Duckworth for was taking me under her wing as a mentee. And as she did that, uh, because she saw the potential in me even before I, she saw the potential in me to be a good leader even before I did that. So I can appreciate, what I can appreciate is, is how she served as a great role model, always going beyond the call of duty, giving sound advice and pushing all of her students to reach their potential. So I got to tell you, she left an indelible impression on me, as you can tell, that yes. has been unmatched by any other professor or mentor I've had to date. Well, that, that's awesome to have had that great experience. I'm sure besides uh, Professor Duckworth, there was probably some other things you loved about QU. 
Absolutely. I'll share two things, right? <clears throat> and I'll break them down in two categories, opportunity and relationship. So I'll start with opportunities. That's number one. I love that QU provided a pathway for me to transition from being a successful student to having a successful career. And as I think back over my campus experiences, those things really helped to prepare me for life after college. The leadership and collaboration skills I learned from being a student athlete, from holding an officer position in SIFE. Matt, I know you were in SIFE. Yes. Look, <laughs> it afforded, afforded me the ability to develop those entrepreneur and servant leadership skills participating in, I also had the, the great opportunity to participate in a phenomenal internship uh, program with Budget Corporation at the time, which allowed me to gain real life experience. And then as I look at all of those things, they played, really played a role in gaining key skills for some of the, for allowing me the ability to work for some of the best Fortune 500 companies, as, as you've already mentioned before but also to ultimately become a successful human resource executive. So I'm so grateful for my time at QU, the experiences I've gained, and just to know that the best is yet to come. And then lastly, I'll share the second thing, right? I said opportunities and relationships. It was the relationships for me that I built with my basketball teammates, fellow classmates, and several of us still keep in contact and we're great friends today. So I just love the fact that we not only did college together, but we're now doing life together. So I love that and cherish those relationships. I'm going to give a shameless shout out to Dewana Brown, Rashonda Johnson, Mel Robertson, Professor Duckworth, just to name a few, because those are lifelong friendships that started right there at QU. And I, uh, I like how you said that, that uh, you did college together and now you're doing life together. That's, uh, you know, we hear that so often. And I've, I had that same experience uh, with friends that I met at QU that have become good friends for life. So it's so true. And of course, SIFE, we talked about that a little bit there a minute ago. Students in Free Enterprise uh, is an organization on campus. Um, tell us a little bit about that experience and how I, that led to your first job out of college. Yeah, believe it or not, Matt, this is one of my favorite QU memories. <laughs> so when I joined the, the, the SIFE organization, Professor Duckworth had just been appointed to lead the team, and she completely transformed and made us into what I'm going to call a game-changing SIFE team. Yes. And <laughs> under her leadership, yes, yes, under her leadership, our side team went from just showing up to compete at competitions to being an award-winning national competitor. That was huge. So, listen, man, I love to win. And <laughs> we, surprised, <laughs> we surprised a lot of people. No one expected us to win. And not only were we regional SIFE champions, we won every category we entered and then went on to compete at the National SIFE Exposition. So, you know, transitioning to how did that lead to my first job out of college? Competing in nationals was game-changing for QU site students because it allowed us to be exposed to hundreds of Fortune 500 companies who were there to hire graduating seniors for leadership positions in their companies. And I got to tell you, as I have graduated from QU, I've had the pleasure of going back and judging some of those sites or today it's called inactive competition. So 
those companies really see this talent as top talent in the market. And while we were competing at the National Scythe Exposition in Kansas City that year, I received several job offers. And I accepted a job offer from Walmart as a manager in training. And as you've already shared, I would go on to have a 20-year successful career with a corporation. And I would have never considered Walmart had it not been for Professor Duckworth's influence and encouraging me to give them a shot uh, because they were a great company. And obviously, 20 years later, I couldn't agree more. I mean, what a great opportunity, um, you know, to be able to do that um, as all part of your college experience. But, you know, Professor Duckworth was great and QU was great, but your real journey probably started many years before that. We know you speak very highly of your parents and how they laid the foundation that led to that success. Share with us some of the things that they taught. Yeah, Matt, yes, I, I can't talk about my success without first talking about my journey and how it started. And I'm going to say this term, I was blessed. I was blessed to have a good foundation, great parents, a supportive family, and really a whole village of folks who helped shape me into the, the leader and the person that I am today. So I grew up in Louisiana. My parents raised four kids and my father was one of the hardest working people I knew. He spent 40 years working at a paper plant, and then he was also the mayor of our town, Matt. Oh, wow. Um, When we grew up. I know, right? I always have to say this, like being the mayor of Whoville, so don't get too excited. (laughs) That's great. But (laughs) my my mother, I, I just always thought of her as being the most passionate and driven person I knew. But Listen, man, I got to tell you, they were all those things. There was a lot of tough love going on at home. So they were truly my role models. But what I'd like to share with the audience is there are three things that they really impressed upon me and my siblings that are core to who I am personally as well as professionally. And I'll take you through those three things real quickly. One is taking the initiative. It's being proactive and taking ownership. And if something needed to be done in our house, Matt, my parents expected us to get it done. It didn't matter what it was. So when I think about translating that to servant leadership, if I'm in, if I'm walking in a building and I pass by the trash and it needs to be taken out, I'm going to stop and empty the trash and take care of it, right? And I know that seems like something very simple, but when people watch that as a servant leader, it means a lot. Absolutely. Number two is be the best. And my parents always taught us that if you're going to do it, do it with excellence, be the best at it, or don't do it. <laughs> Just don't do it at all. And I'll give you an example of that growing up at, in, our, in our household. It was if your chore was cleaning the kitchen and you were expected to clean the dishes, mop the floor, sweep the floor if it needed to be done, and wipe down the appliances. There was really no other option, and no one had the authority to lower the standards with that either, by the way, Matt. <laughs> I'm taking notes for my own kids here, okay? <laughs> Absolutely. And so, you know, everything that I do today, I try to be the best I possibly can, and I try to do it with excellence. So that was number two. And the third thing is keeping your word. Gosh, when I think about that as a leader today, it's almost like building your brand. 
And if you say you're going to do something, do it or say you can't do it is the way that my parents would position it. And when I think about from a leadership perspective, if you're going to lead people, they have to trust that you're going to do what you said you would. So those things, as you take, take the initiative, be the best, keeping your word translated to what I demonstrate today as a leader. And it's how I do anything is how I do everything. And I like to call this my post, passion, ownership, and excellence. So as a leader, that's exactly what you can expect from me on a consistent basis. So that's, that's how, that's my journey. And, and, and that's my story of, of what shaped me to be the leader I am today. Wow. What, what great advice and, and words to live, live by for sure. Well, let's stop here and take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk more with Georges about her time at Walmart and what she's doing today. Stay with us. You're listening to From the Hawk's Nest. After graduating with a degree in sports management and a minor in communication, I knew I wanted to continue my education. The MBA program at Quincy University provided a way for me to complete my master's degree while maintaining a job and broadcasting QU Hawks games. Quincy University's MBA program offers a signature blend of curricular rigor and preparation for the ever-changing workplace. To continue on your road to success, visit Quincy.edu today. And welcome back to From the Hawk's Nest. Today we're talking with Georges Phillips, a 1998 graduate of Quincy University who is currently the Vice President of Field Human Resources at Coles Corporation. But let's backtrack about 20 years to when you first started working at Walmart Corporation. Tell us about the different types of positions and how you rose up through the ranks at Walmart. Yeah, Matt, you said 20 years. That feels like an eternity. (laughs) So... Yeah, over the course of, of my career at Walmart, I held multiple leadership positions spanning both across store operations and human resources. And when I was in store operations, I had responsibility for oversight of over two, between 250 to 300 associates. It just varied by location. Uh, responsibility for the compliance of the building, merchandising, and more importantly, the company entrusted me to manage a multi-million dollar P&L at a young age, around 26 years old. So about 80 million, one of my stores, one of the first stores I managed was uh, an $80 million location. So that's a lot of responsibility. And what I, what I say about Walmart, it's a great company who believes in building cross-functional talent. And that's important because that uh, that flexibility in the organization afforded me the opportunity to transition from operations into human resources and then go on to hold multiple HR leadership roles of increasing responsibility. And so those, that's really important to be able to make that leap within an organization. So I'm very grateful that they support cross-functional talent in that way. But as I, as I went on in, in the roles that I held from an HR perspective, you know, those responsibilities included, you know, developing and leading strategic people and talent operations 
as a, as a senior regional business partner for the business and, you know, supporting over 25,000 associates and $9 billion worth of revenue. Again, massive responsibility when you think about what the company's entrusting you to do. And then as I rounded out my 20 years at the company, I had the great opportunity to serve as a director of labor relations, supporting nearly 75,000 associates and providing leaders with general counsel and labor relations guidance. So I had a really successful and and well-rounded career at Walmart. Yeah, it sounds like you did a lot of different things there. And at the point you decided to transition to human resources, what what led to that desire? Yeah, you know, it was not on my radar. I really wish I had this great story, Matt, to share with you. Like, yes, Matt, this was my plan. I, I went into store operations and I was going to transition into HR, but that's, that's actually not the case. I, I didn't even know what HR was when I was tapped <laughs> to, <laughs> right, it was tapped to consider moving from the current position I was in over to HR. And hey, listen, I was doing well in, in my current role. And then I was considered a, what considered a high potential leader when my HR director saw the potential for me to be a good leader. And so she asked if I would be interested in working in HR. And, and it was primarily based on my overall people leadership skills that they had observed. And I was open to trying something new. And so I took what I like to call a calculated risk and transitioned over to HR. And then once I discovered HR was something that I really wanted to do, you know, I was determined to make the transition and I did it. It was absolutely one of the most challenging decisions that I've ever made. It was one of the most challenging changes that that I've made in my career and actually getting into the position but not, it's not one that I would ever trade. And then, of course, as you can see today, as the story goes on, you know, you'll have to read my book one day, Matt, to get the full story. <laughs> but <laughs> but I, I, you know, <laughs> go on to have a really successful career, you know, in HR. What do you love most about working in the field of human resources? Mm, that's a good question. There's a lot of things I love about it. Being in a generalist position, I have the ability to touch so many different parts of the business, talent acquisition, talent development, performance management, and the list goes on. But I, what I like also about it is that it's constantly growing and changing. So from compliance with new laws and legislation to technology and building engaging cultures, there's absolutely never a boring or challenge or never a boring moment and it's always challenging in, in my world of HR. But what I will tell you is, you know, people are a company's greatest asset. And I'm sure you've heard that before. As and as organiza- as an organization, you know, I feel like you'll achieve limited success without a great strategy and and I say and the right people to execute on it. So in HR, I get the pleasure of making an impact by taking a company's business objective and developing a great people strategy to drive results. So every day I get to do what I love, and that is to be a radical advocate, helping individuals and businesses reach their fullest potential. And that's what I love most about working in HR. Well, you mentioned challenges. Can you maybe tell us about some of your greatest challenges in this field? 
Yeah, and I, I'm going to speak more specifically, kind of just to to me and 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 my, you know, my transitions into the field, et cetera, because I didn't grow up with a traditional HR background, as as you shared in the beginning. I got a marketing degree, right, and then I went into retail, and and a lot of those things in you know within the the marketing discipline helped me be successful in store operations, but I have a very different way of looking at the business, and. You know, as I'm looking at, I get to look at the business because of the experiences that I've had. I look at the business as an operator. I look at the business as an HR generalist. And then I'm also looking at the business with my HR, with my, I'm sorry, my labor relations hat. So not everyone has those experiences to see the business from that perspective. And so it's transforming. One of the challenges at times can be transforming HR teams to develop business acumen so that they have so that they they have great acumen but they're also seen as true partners in making well-informed business decisions and so that can be very foreign at times to someone who's only worked in the HR in HR their entire career so you know those are some of you know some of the things that you know over the course of my journey as an HR executive you know, have been a challenge to me as I help develop teams. And how has the field changed in the uh, last decade? And maybe what sort of things do you see on the horizon for human resources? That's, that's a great question. And I think you would probably get um, several different answers from different people. What I would share with you years ago, just to give you context, years ago, the human resources department often referred to as personnel. <laughs> Right. We're simply seen as like keeping records and processing payroll and just really a lot of heavy administrative tasks. But over the years, you know, the HR, HR has evolved tremendously, Matt. And, and in fact, HR has gone through some drastic changes just in the last five years. And that's really, you know, thanks to the emergence of technologies and the ability to automate much of the traditional work done by HR professionals. And so the HR department that exists today actually looks nothing like the ones that existed before. So there are programs that we can automate payroll and streamline onboarding processes and so many ways to create efficiencies in the workplace today. So those are just some of the ways that, you know, HR has changed just in the last five to 10 years. What advice would you give to current alums or even students that are getting ready to graduate? I would leave my fellow alums and, and, and fellow students at QU three, three pieces of advice. One is wrong turns or wrong lanes have right turns. Wrong lanes have right turns. And what I mean by that is I have a marketing degree, Matt, and I'm in HR. And there were many times starting out and starting out in my career early on, I felt like, man, I may be in the wrong lane. But in reality, what could have been perceived as the wrong lane, because it was not in my degree, it wasn't in my discipline, really yielded right turns for me to have a recipe for success in my career. So don't always think that, you know, it, it, you may be in the wrong lane because you start out in something completely different than what your, your field of study is. So wrong lanes have right turns. That's number one. Number two is 
put in the work and you've got to work your passion, right? And oftentimes the straight line to success is often crooked. So you have to learn how to navigate uncertainty, but stay the course and trust the process. Be smart and take calculated risks. They will pay off, but you got to put in the work. You know, Beyonce says, I woke up like this, but in reality, (laughs) we don't just wake up like this. And I didn't get to where I am today by not putting in the work and working my passion. And number three is surrounding yourself with a great board of directors. And what I mean by that is making sure that you have a team of folks who are mentors and sponsors and advocates. And those individuals can help you building relationship currency with those individuals is important so they can give you sound advice and tell you the truth when it hurts. But more importantly, advocate for you when you're not in the room and decisions are being made about you. So that would be three pieces of advice I would leave for my fellow alumni and students at QU. Wrong, wrong lanes have right turns, put in the work and surround yourself with a great board of directors. Wow. What, what great advice and, and words to live by for sure. Um, you know, I, I think the, I saved the most pressing question for last though, is do you just get an endless supply of the 30% off Cole coupons? <laughs> <laughs> Not the Cole's cash. <laughs> yeah, the Cole's cash. <laughs> I'm, ju- I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not a perk of the job, huh? Uh, no, not yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, George, I want to thank you so much for joining us today and taking time out of your busy schedule to share your story with us. Matt, it's been a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me. Be sure to tune in next time for another episode of From the Hawk's Nest where we talk to faculty, staff, alumni, and students to learn about their QU journey. I'm Matt Bergman and it's always a great day to be a hawk.